the Let's Go Racing Family Podcast, sharing our love through NASCAR, running, and just racing through life. Hosted by Sebastian, Giovanni, Karen, Tony, and me, Johan. Each week, we'll talk about our view of the world through the lens of racing. Hola y bienvenidos al podcast Let's Go Racing Family. We are currently celebrating Hispanic Heritage Month, which lasts from September 15th to October 15th. Let's go ahead and get this episode started. And what a better way to start off than recapping the last two races of the round of 16 in the NASCAR playoffs. These two races were at Richmond and Bristol. So let's go ahead and recap the Richmond race. So to kick things off, the Federated Auto Parts Salute to America Heroes 400 at Richmond Raceway happened last Saturday. And it's the second race in the 10-part NASCAR playoffs. So the race actually started off pretty interesting where Martin Truex Jr., who started second, accidentally got to the start-finish line first before Denny Hamlin, the pole sitter, did. Now there's a rule that On the first start of a race, the leader needs to get to the start-finish line before any other cars. But Denny Hamlin ended up spinning his tires, and Martin Truex Jr. ended up getting in front and got penalized because of it. And because of that, Truex had to go to the back, but we'll get to him in a little bit because Denny Hamlin had a very strong day. In fact, he won both stages. And a lot of the drivers, I would say, they ha- they faced a mixture of highs and lows. Like, Kurt Busch got into an incident during the race. Um, Kyle Busch and a couple other drivers got penalties on pit road. But it turns out the winner of the race ended up being Martin Truex Jr., who fought his way back up after that penalty and took home the victory. So after all of that, you know, him spinning or him getting penalized because his teammate spun his wheels. It was kind of a moot point, but it is something I actually want to talk about. I wanted to ask you guys, do you think it was fair for NASCAR to penalize Martin Truex Jr.? Because at, you know, when we kind of watch the replay and we hear what they were saying on the radio, Danny Hamlin had spun his tires. Now, Danny had had asked the question or was really yelling the question to his team, like, what what was going on? Why did that happen? Because Danny was on the pole. And you're never supposed to beat the driver who's on the pole to the line to start the race. Yes, I think the penalty was fair. And I think Martin Truex Jr. deserved the penalty. Because either way, he ended up doing really well in the race and still came back. So, and I also think that even though Denny Hamlin, yeah, he's won his tires. These drivers should know, hey, wait, that's the leader. I should probably wait for them to cross the start finish line, then go. But when you're already taking off, do you really have the time to look over and see that the pole sitter is actually now behind you? I think once you're in like game mode and you're like ready to hit start, you go expecting that the pole sitter is going to be just slightly in front of you to cross the line. So for me, I don't think he should have gotten he should have been penalized for that particular incident because I I just don't think that um I just don't think that Martin Truex would know, basically, that his teammate was spinning his tires. And that's almost like an accidental thing, right? You don't know 
Denny Hamlin himself didn't know that he was going to spin his tires. That just happened. Now, it'd be different if they were both going and Truex went ahead. And we've seen that before where cars, the the second place car will go ahead of the first one. But I, I don't I don't think it was necessary. Johan, what do you think? I agree with her. I think Truex did not deserve that because it has happened many times. Um, like it cost Jimmy Johnson a win in 2013 once, and it can it happened a bunch of other times as well. And I don't think Truex deserved that deserved that penalty. For me, I feel that Truex shouldn't have gotten the penalty. But if NASCAR really needed to penalize him, I feel like there should have been some kind of like penalty of sorts for the Denny Hamlin team because like mom said Truex really didn't have the time to be like oh I need to slow my car down I feel like if the only way that could have been possible is if he just floored the brakes and that could be dangerous because it could cause like more trouble maybe what they could have done was like a restart like started it again as opposed to like restarting the race as opposed to a penalty. Yeah, I think you're right. I think the fact that there you can't really tell you're going so fast, right? You're it's a, you're it's a race, you know, and yes, you want to make sure the pole driver makes it to the start finish line first, but not too far ahead because you want to be able to pass them as soon as you pass that in going into turn one. And so the fact that Denny spun his tires and Martin Truex Jr. didn't like I no, I don't think he should have been penalized. I actually, you know, that's that's just my opinion. I don't think he should have been penalized. But at the end of the day, he made it a moot point. And basically what that means is it doesn't matter because he ended up winning anyway. Uh, Gio or Johan, why don't you take us through the top five so we can put a, a nice little bow on this race and then move on to some other things we want to talk about today? Well, the top five was. Um, fifth, Joey Logano, fourth, Chris Elliott, third, Christopher Bell, second, Denny Hamlin, and first, Martin Truex Jr. So that wraps up the Richmond race, which was pretty exciting. We got a Martin Truex Jr. victory. Now, let's go ahead and get to the elimination race, the Bristol night race. This in the past has been like one of the premier late season races because it is the Bristol night race. It's about 150,000 people. You can fit around what we'd like to call the stadium of NASCAR because it is like a, it's a Coliseum. It's like the great Coliseum. But now you're watching stock cars going around for 500 laps. So why don't you take us through a quick recap, Johan, of who won the first two stages And then we can kind of set up for the end of the race because in typical Bristol fashion, there were some fireworks. So we'll get into that in a minute. Mm -hmm. So it was like 4th of July, people. 4th of July, all over Happy way, 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 way too late to 4th of July. The recap of what happened with Bristol in the first few stages. So stage one was went to Denny Hamlin, and then stage two went to Kyle Larson. And something funny about um, stage one and stage two, the second-place driver in stage one, Kyle Larson, second-place driver in stage two was Denny Hamlin. They just flip-flop positions in the stage. So clearly we already have our two most dominant cars of the night. And the last two races, because as you remember, that's how they finished, one-two, right? And now they come into this next 
first two stages of this race. Definitely, and and I want you guys to keep this in mind for later. Two are the stronger drivers in the playoffs. And while those two had a pretty good day, there were other drivers who struggled. A lot of them, especially the chase drivers, had to go into pit like Kyle Busch, Eric Armarola, Chase Elliott fell back because of a penalty early on. And a couple drivers wrecked out, like our boy Daniel Suarez got caught up in an incident between Ryan Newman and Cole Custer. So it resulted in Suarez getting damaged and basically being out of competition. For yeah, the which, which stinks because, you know, especially Daniel Suarez had a special paint scheme, uh, which was, of course, a special Coca-Cola paint scheme. Uh, with giving tribute to Hispanic Suarez, yeah, and, and Hispanic heritage, and it, it would use the Mexican colors, na- colors from colors. the flag uh, to to create this paint scheme, and it, it was hot. It, it was a, good. It was a beautiful car. And so you're hoping that he's going to finish really well, especially coming off the spring race. Remember where did he right? finish he in the spring race? Fourth. It, no, fourth. he finished fourth oh. in the uh, in the Bristol dirt. So I had high hopes for him yeah. in this race. I'm, I'm like, you're just taking away the dirt, but it's the same track. Yeah, but so maybe there's something about that dirt. Yeah, there's a, it's definitely a different style of driving. And we talked about that. And, and so, yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm sure he was uh, missing some of that dirt. Um, but anyway, so, yeah, Daniel Suarez unfortunately got caught up. In, in in some of the mess, but uh, we had Kyle Larson again. We had Danny Hamlin doing well late in the race, and then what happened? So late in the race, well, actually, I think this happened during stage two or at beginning of stage three. Um, Hamlin and Larson are battling for the lead, and then Hamlin hits Larson, cuts down a tire. That basically ends Danny Hamlin's chances of winning. And then late in the race, Chase Elliott is leading. Harvick is chasing him down, and this is Kevin Harvick. And this is not the same Kevin Harvick from last year because this Kevin Harvick had, before coming into this race last year, had eight wins. And coming out of this race last year, nine wins. And this year, he doesn't have any wins. So he's trying to get his first win of the season. And then, so he, so Chase Elliott gets in front of a lap car. And then he goes down, runs, up, runs him up the track, and Chase cuts up, up a tire. Chase cuts up a tire. And then Larson is battling him now. And then Chase comes out of pit road and pulls a Ross Chastain. Larson gets the win. So, but, but yeah, so you, you, you jump to the, the, the end, but what happened in between? So after he cuts a tire down, he goes in the pit, he gets his and tires. And when you go into the pits at Bristol, you, you, you get, lose, you, yeah, you lose half laps. mile. It's like a, what is it? A 24 second lap. Yeah. So. Coincidentally, though, he comes out right in front of uh, Kevin Kevin Harvick, Harvick, who's in the lead. And Chase is going to make sure that Kevin Harvick does not get the win that night because he pretty much took that those chances away from Chase when he ran into him and cut his tire. So Chase had four new tires and he still had. I mean, he clearly had a strong car. Um. So he was able to stay in front of Kevin Harvick and pretty much take his line from him. And so right behind Kevin Harvick was Chase's teammate, Kyle Larson. And uh, we could tell he was doing everything in his power to help out his teammate and uh, take that win from Kevin Harvick. It was pretty obvious, too. Even when Chase Elliott came out, he was a little bit behind, but 
he managed to pass Larson and get up to Harvick. And when he when Chase caught Harvick, he rubbed him, and you could tell he was mad. He would he he was not going to let Harvick off easy. He wanted Harvick's tire to get cut down. Mm-hmm. So but he didn't wreck him. So let's be clear for those that weren't watching the race, he didn't wreck him. But he he made sure he knew he was upset. He stole his line, was blocking him the whole time. Mind you, Chase is under laps too. But honestly, it was entertaining to see. I was really pulling for Chase there. I was like, yeah, yeah, go get him. Go get him, man. Stick up to the bully. Don't let him cut your tire down. Try and pull that junk. And then afterwards, at the end of the race. so And then, well, then Kyle was able to catch up. Yep. And was able to finally pass Kevin Harvick. And then when Kyle passed Kevin Harvick, Harvick put the bumper to him and like almost tried and re- him. yeah, his car he spun him or not spun him. He um he got, got him, him loose. Extremely loose. He got him extremely loose a couple times. And I mean somehow Kyle managed to keep that car from going into the wall. It was so extremely impressive. Kudos to him, clearly. Excellent uh driving skills. So he managed to save those um those uh hits to the bumper. And he took the win. So that wasn't where it ended, though, right? Nope. So during the cool down. This laps, is Bristol, baby. This is Bristol. They go in because they got to get in line to get into post-race inspection and all of that. And Kevin Harvick and Chase Elliott are definitely going to make each other aware of their displeasure for what happened. And Kevin Harvick basically bumped or they they kind of got really close and then he parked his car right behind Chase Elliott and then what happened Sebastian and then Kevin Harvick and Chase Elliott got out of the car and then they confronted each other and they were like this close to getting into a good old-fashioned fist fight and what did I tell you I read a tweet uh, someone was joking that they were just waiting for who to come (laughs) and push in the back, remember Brad, someone was saying they, they were just waiting for Brad Keselowski to like push Kevin Harvick into Chase Elliott. Because why? Because that's what Kevin Harvick did to Brad Keselowski when he was having an altercation with Jeff Gordon years ago. They were talking. They were talking and he came from behind and shoved him and, and that started boom, the fight. It just went crazy. And so, but that didn't happen. But that didn't need to happen because they were really upset. I have actually not seen Kevin Harvick this upset in years. And I think a lot of folks mention that in social media and even in the broadcast. He was heated. He was hot. So we had talked last week. Well, so was Chase. Well, Chase was also. But he was. But I will say Chase, he was upset and he expressed his displeasure on the track. Afterwards, I think Chase was more defending himself. Kevin Harvick was definitely the aggressor in in the in the post race stuff, and he was upset. Yes, hence why he kept his helmet on. Yeah, well, I mean, it's not, it's not, it's not a. I mean, that's pretty smart, right? You keep the helmet on, protect the head. I thought it was funny. Chase Elliott was putting his hat on. You know, he's getting out of the car, and uh, but you know what? I give him all the credit in the world because Chase Elliott is one of the young guns, right, in NASCAR. And yet he stood his ground. One of the old dogs, Kevin Harvick, you know, and uh, he's kind of like, the, well, it's like he's he the said, closest thing we got to Tony Stewart. right? And now. that's what Chase said. He's like, I don't care who he is. He's going to stand up for himself. And he did. And I he did. And I'm very proud of him. Yeah. You got to stand up to the bullies. And so here's the thing. OK, I want to go around real quick. So what, what do you guys think? Because I had some thoughts, too. So, Gio, I want to ask you, because, again, being a Joey Logano fan, Chase Elliott is one of your rivals. 
What did you think about what happened between Kevin Harvick and Chase Elliott? Honestly, I was, again, I was full in for Chase the whole time. And I think what Chase did was, you know, that Rubbin's racing. And Harvick did run Chase up the track while he was in the top three running for a race win. He ran Chase up the track, cut his tire down, and, you know, Chase wasn't going to have that. So he came back and, you know, he like, he took him out and pretty much. So you, so you think that what Chase did was definitely justified at the end of the race and you're happy with the way he stood up to Kevin Harvey? Yes, I am right. very happy. I'm going to come back to you, Johan, because you're a Chase Elliott fan. So I kind of think I know where you're going to go, but come back in a second. Sebastian, what did you think about what happened at the end of the race? And how Chase and Kevin Harvick reacted. I think Chase handled it very well. I would have done the exact same thing with the Harvick, um, like blocking him. And then when we got out of the car, I would have like talked to him if he was so angry. Although I do the thing with Kevin Harvick is that he was seriously upset. Like right after he finished talking, he took off his helmet and he broke his glasses. That is wild. That I, yes, I did see that he took his helmet and I didn't realize he smashed his glasses, but your mom pointed out like, well, he just broke his glasses, cracked them right there. So yeah, he was heated. He was upset. I, I would have been really upset because you know what happens if I broke my glasses, I wouldn't be able to drive home. I'm so blind. So <laughs> uh, I don't know how, you know, he's obviously got people. He, I was going to say he probably has more than one pair of glasses. <laughs> All right. I'm going to come back to hold on. I'm going to come back to Chase Elliott fan. But you're, you're the last because this is your guy. All right, Karen, what did you think? Same thing with me. I agree with everything that Chase did, the way he handled himself. Like I said, got to stand up for the bullies. I'm all for people to stand, who stand up to the bullies. So you you think Kevin Harvick's a bully? I do think he he's a bully. a bully. Yep. All right, Johan, what'd you think? That was your boy Chase Elliott. That was dirty. What I, was dirty? What what Harvick did ran him up the track and then got mad at him, like for defending him for for taking away his line. Yep. No, he didn't take away his line. He wrecked him. No, Chase Chase just took away his line, and that's why he couldn't get around. That's basically he, because he took away his line. What happened when he took away his line? Larson got, was able to get around. Yeah. And Harvick doesn't didn't run well when he, he his line got taken away. No. So Larson ran well past him, won the race. You know, I get why Kevin Harvick was upset. He was frustrated at the fact that his line was taken away. Um, but but I think that, you know, at the end of the day, I think what happened with Chase and the way he defended himself, I think that's really good. It's gonna go a long way. Now, here's the thing, and I kept talking about this. This is my big thing. At the end of the race, right, and when they were having their altercation, there was this guy, and I don't know who this guy is, who in a white shirt that was standing next to Kevin Harvick. He's probably one of his handlers, might be an agent. I don't know who, but he obviously is a is a, a partner of Kevin Harvick's, you know, a business partner of that kind of thing because Kevin Harvick's wife wasn't there. It's, it's somebody who was close to Kevin Harvick. And basically, when Kevin Harvick had approached Chase Elliott, here's this guy, and he's like, right, he's like, he's his hype man. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Every time Kevin Harvick would say something, or Chase Elliott would say something, he was like reacting. (laughs) To the point that I believe when we were watching it all, Chase Elliott turns to the guy and he's like, dude, you need to step away. Or, you know, let us talk about it and handle it. You need to stop. And I think Kevin Harvick tried to, but then focus on Chase. But this guy was just in there, da da da, barking, 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 and Chase was by himself. Now, like his 
his team might have been behind him, but he the team was at least allowing them to talk. And here's this guy interjecting. But once they once they walked away from the cars, it was pretty much Chase and um and Kevin Harvick and this and dude. this guy. And so they're walking by the haulers, and this guy is like yapping and yapping and yapping. And that's when Chase turns to him and is like, "Yo, mind your own business. This and is I, not between you and me. It's between he, you know, Kevin and, and I." And I got a lot of issue with that because that guy clearly is in a white shirt. Now, unless he's some crew member that just ripped off his uniform, which I doubt is the case. He is not part of the actual team that's like impacting the car. I, you know, again, I don't know who this guy is, but he wasn't working on a car. He's not a crew chief. And he was there to support Kevin Hart, which is fine. But let them do their thing. Let them discuss their issues. So and the reason I bring this up was because years ago. Joey Logano got a lot of grief because his dad was there and, and his dad was trying to shove him back to, to defend himself. Like any guy, I would do it to you guys. If you guys are racing and there's a guy who keeps pushing on you, you need to defend yourself. And I would tell you to defend yourself. And Joey got a lot of grief. And here's this guy. I'm like, who is this guy? Let Chase and Kevin Harvick deal with their mess themselves. And uh, they eventually did. They, Which this is the thing I do give. I know everybody and I agree. I understand Kevin Harvick probably, uh, I I would say it was, pro- it was responsible and had to deal with the consequences of his decisions. But I give him a lot of credit because he went in to chase Elliot's holler to talk about it. Wasn't that wild? Yeah, that was crazy. I, I'm watching him go into the Napa. We're watching him go into the Napa holler and everybody's like, we're like, whoa, whoa, that's the Napa holler. Why Does he not realize ch- he's going into enemy territory? I mean, like, I'm thinking the whole like, crew is going to be in there ready to pounce I'm, on I'm him. just thinking, <laughs> this is what I'm thinking. They go into it. The lights are off. Chase walks in with him. And as soon as he turns on the light, Chase Elliott's team and Hendrick. They all jump. And nah, no. they're like this, like <laughs> <laughs> cracking their knuckles. The, but the funny thing is that Kevin Harvick came out of the um, holler and like no one else did. Yeah, so, no one does. Where's so Chase Elliott? Did now? Harvick go John Wick on them <laughs> and knock him out? I don't like purposely wrecking people. I do like stand up for yourself. Yeah, well, I was going to say that. It's like you said, Chase could have come out and wrecked Kevin Harvick. Yeah. Out he of anger, right? A but instead, Matt Kansas, but, but he did exactly. But instead, he came out and did a classy thing and said, "I'm just not going to let you win today." He wanted to remind Kevin Harvick, "I'm here. You better respect, or the next time you're going to be in the wall." But he didn't put him in the wall right away. Now, if it does, it happens again. We're going to see the fireworks. And the again, the beauty of NASCAR, and as many times we've watched racing over the years, what do you think is going to happen next week? They're going to find themselves near each other. they're going to be near each other. It just always happens that way, right? We're going to watch Kevin. Like, oh, here comes Chase. Here comes Kevin Harvick. They're just going to somehow find themselves. So we're going to see it play out on the track. But I give them all the credit in the world that they tried to talk through it. Because you were even saying, Karen, what are they talking about? But I think it's like, look, Kevin Harvick had a, in his mind, had a legitimate beef with him. Obviously, Chase Elliott didn't. Chase Elliott is upset not only from this race, but his comments afterwards were like, this stuff happens all the time with this guy. So this wasn't just Chase reacting from Saturday night. This was Chase reacting because he feels like he's been wrong before. So we will see how it plays out. Uh, But I, yeah, my, again, my question, what's the the deal with the guy in the white shirt? Like, seriously, man, back off. Let these guys handle it. He needed to mind his own business. Yeah, he's his hype man. You, You don't need a hype man in that moment. So uh, 
yeah. So, okay. Another thing, again, very exciting end of the race. Do you think they should keep the Bristol regular track twice a year? So basically what we saw the Saturday night, a lot of fireworks, or do you, do you think they should also keep the, the dirt race? We need dirt and then regular Bristol. Yeah, I like the Bristol there too. We need no dirt. No specific reason at all. We need dirt and but, we need a dirt night but race. Do you, but not both dirt race. I mean, because did you guys enjoy this race Saturday no, night? No, we did. That's why I just said. I, we need a variety. Like Bristol dirt and then regular Bristol. I think, yeah. Yeah. Bristol It Bristol's a great track, but I think it's more enticing if you have a night regular race and then a daytime dirt race. In fact, I think a lot of tracks that go that have like double races... They should like introduce something. A ver- yeah, do yeah. a twist, do do something different. Like I think that's why I, why I really liked um Indy Road Course. What about Daytona? It was Indy, but it was a different. We talked about twist. that. They cannot do dirt. I've had Daytona. that idea in the back of my Unless head. I'm like, a smaller track. why don't they do a Daytona dirt? You imagine trying to do that? There, first of all, there's this, there's not. They would need no, the whole beach. <laughs> yeah, you would. You would need the entire beach. You might as well just go down to the beach and, and race again. <laughs> that would Maybe actually, they that should cool. do that. Well, yeah, you know what? With the way that they're introducing variety races, you never know. Maybe they're closer to doing that than a street city race. Uh, So, yeah. All right. Um, Okay. So, last question for for this section. So, now the last, what are we down to? Twelve. Twelve. I've been locked in. The final four that did not make it into this next round were McDowell. McDowell. Who else? Who didn't make it? Kurt Busch. Kurt Busch, which shocks me because he got deep last year. Got to the Reddick. And then Eric Amarola. And Eric Amarola. And Eric Amarola. And Eric Amarola is sad because he was up there, right? And he had trouble. What happened? Yeah. um, I think one of the things that happened was that he had some kind of oil problem under caution. And he got penalized because he leaked oil onto the track. And so he had to come back and fix it. And then I think a tire went down later on. So, but he said after a post race, he said that his car all season, regular season, wasn't the best that it could have been. And he said he got lucky in Loudon um, for this win. So he's disappointed, but it was kind of like, you know, it was disappointing. But at the same time, he wasn't, I guess, too surprised that, you know, he didn't make it. Uh, but Kerr Bush to me is the one that I was, a, it was a shocker for him not to advance to the 12. Yeah, I I was surprised too, uh, and and you know what? He's one of the guys who is now no longer in the playoffs, or at least to win the championship. But I think he's very capable of winning. And and what would what's really going to stink is this next race that's coming up. If he wins he it won again, <laughs> last year, and that got him into the next round. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see how it it all plays out. All right, real quick, uh, Johan, did you give us the top five finishers? No. And the top five finishers were fifth, Alex Bowman, fourth, William By- er, Ryan Blaney, third, William Byron, second, Kevin Harvick, and first, Kyle Larson. Um, Quick thing about William Byron. I never doubted yeah. him. Oh, really, Johan? Because I thought I remember hearing you being like, oh, yeah, he's, I dropped, he's no longer my He's pick. my new championship so, driver you, pick. In editing? Why don't you put a couple of clips of him saying that? Yeah. That'll be good for evidence. So <laughs> no, how, I, I how never doubted him. How you waffle back and forth. He's your pick to win the championship. He's my pick to win the championship then you right were now. Off the bandwagon after week one. Let's now go, William Byron. Back on the He's the champion. Oh my god. William Byron's holding the championship. So let me tell you Phoenix. what I think is interesting about William Byron. He was at times during this race, like out of the playoffs, 
once the dust settled from this race, he's actually eighth. So where he sits right now, he's basically one point ahead of Joey Logano. Joey Logano going in now to the next round. Joey Logano, Brad Keselowski, Christopher Bell, and Kevin Harvick are the four drivers on the bubble who now need to fight their way into the top eight to stay in the next round. Okay, this is the thing that confuses me at the points a lot. William Byron didn't have the best finishing positions for the first two races, but gets a third finish a, th- a third place finishing position in this one gets jumped up all the way to eighth joey who gets two top fives for the both races and then gets an 11th place finish in this one so both top or all three top 15 gets dropped back to ninth place how do these points make any sense they start to take into again the entire year's worth of point gathering right you win stages uh you win races you finish uh, depending on where you finish. So if you actually look at William Byron, even though he's in the top, he's in the eight, like I just said, he's only one point ahead of Joey Logano. Basically, he and Joey have basically had the similar type season. Uh, you know, they each have a win. I think William has one more top five. Uh, he has 10. Joey Logano is nine. Uh, William Byron has 17 top tens. Joey Logano is 15. They both have four DNFs. Uh, and... In terms of laps led, Joey has actually led more. And I think that has to do with the fact that the race that he won was the other Bristol race, the dirt race earlier. So again, very, very close in where they ended, where they've been racing this season. Uh, But that's that's why it is a little confusing, but it just goes to show you how close you are from being in the playoffs and possibly falling out. And that's why every rate stage win Every race uh, position can, can can contribute to you winning a championship. Sebastian, where is NASCAR going next week? Round two begins for the 2021 playoffs. The first race of this three-part round is the South Point 400 race at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. It's going to be another night race, but this time it's a Sunday race. And I failed to go over our race picks from the last race, but somebody has been on fire. He was in last place early in the season in our family race picks, and he has now surged to tie me for second and because you actually picked Kyle Larson to win anyone and you got more points than I did, you actually picked second today. So how does that feel? I'm honestly shocked with how I've been doing. I don't think I've ever done this well in like any point thing or selecting something like a fantasy league or anything. But I'm I'm shocking myself, to be honest. And I, I'm hoping I can do good in these next few races. All right. Well, you have an opportunity to gain some ground on your mom, you are only four points out and you get to pick second. So pressure is on your mom to keep her lead. It's the Let's Go Racing Family Picks of the Week. All right, as we just said, Karen, you've been leading, seems like wire to wire. So you pick first. Who do you have winning this weekend? In Las Vegas. 
Well, I'm going to ride the Kyle Larson wave all the way to the finish this week. So Kyle Larson to win Las Vegas and sweep this year. Kyle Larson, not a bad pick at all. All right, Gio, it's your turn. Can you gain some more ground on your mom? Who do you have winning in Vegas? You know, his brother's pretty good here, and he might not have been doing so well in the playoffs, but I have a little bit of faith in him. Kyle Bush for the win. What? I Kyle thought you were going to go with Legano. Bush. Wow. All right. That is huge. Because That's going to be a make or break for me. You know what? You left him out there, and I think he is going to put another stamp on this playoff run. I said it before. I think this is the year the number 11 wins his championship. I'm picking Denny Hamlin to win in Vegas. All right, Sebastian, you're up. You're not too far behind, so you can pick up some ground this week with a good pick. Who do you have winning in Vegas? Martin Trix Jr. is going to be my pick. He's won twice at this track, and he's been doing really good in the playoffs. So I say he is going to be the one that gets me a good set of points this week. All right. Martin Truex Jr. Johan, bring us home. Who do you have winning in Las Vegas? So honestly, I chose him in Las Vegas last year. If you guys don't remember... I'm, I, I'm staring at that car. I think the number 22 of Joey Logano is going to get the dub. Oh, wow. Awesome. Finally, I was like, I can't believe Joey's going to go without being picked. There you go. Those are our race picks for this weekend at Las Vegas. I want to talk about the NASCAR schedule. There are a lot of cool dates. And then I also want to talk about an experience that our family had, uh, which is something that I don't think I ever thought we would ever do, uh, which was to actually go down to the Daytona International Speedway and actually get in a stock car and drive on the track. Your mother and I got to drive on the track and you three actually got to ride around with a professional driver. And because of that, you actually got to go a lot faster. It was very cool. It was very, very cool. So uh, first off, we do want to say thank you to the NASCAR driving experience for inviting us out there and giving us this opportunity to experience literally a dream come true uh, for everyone around the table. Uh, I will say it was an unbelievable experience. It's something that if you like professional sports, think about having the opportunity to take batting practice at Wrigley Field or Yankee Stadium uh, to, to throw a couple touchdown passes in the end zone of your favorite football stadium. That is basically what we got to do. We got to go to Daytona, get in an actual stock car, and drive around the famed track. So, guys, why don't you tell our audience what you thought? I thought that this experience was incredible. I really had, hadn't experienced anything like it. And being in that car and going that fast around the turns, like you felt some G-forces. And it made me think, wow, this is crazy. Imagine the drivers who do this for 500 miles and more at all these different kinds of tracks. It's crazy to think that this is what they do professionally. 
for me, my experience was it was scary and exciting. And I it was scary because at first I was I was really nervous. I really was because, you know, this is the Daytona Speedway and there's banking and 36 just, degrees of banking, guys. Let, let's again, it's one thing to see it on TV, but to be standing there in person, that is a steep turn. And it's a big track. It's a big track. So I was all I kept thinking about was, you know, I, I was worried that I, I wanted to make sure that I, I did it right, that I drove correctly where I had to be, because all I kept thinking is what the, the instructor was telling us, do not go below the yellow line on those bankings or you're going to disrupt the car and disrupt the car means you're going you to wreck it. it. And cause so the big one. I was totally worried about, I mean, nervous about that. But uh, once I got in the car and I took off, it was literally the point of no return once I crossed, came out of pit row and got onto the track. And you, as soon as you get on the track, you're pretty much going into turn one. And hold I on, just, hold on. Let, let's, let's, let's give you some credit here. It's not easy to get these things going. Um, and, you know, sometimes if you're not used to driving a, a stick shift car or a race car, you can stall it. I, on the other hand, am a professional driver in the sense that I have a stick shift car. And guess who ended up stalling right as he took off? Yes, me. I stalled right on pit road. And did mom stall? Absolutely not. She got in the car. She got it revved up and she just rolled down pit road. So well, so-called professional. <laughs> well, you're also making me sound like I don't drive stick. I've been driving stick for the past like 20 years. Well, apparently so, you proved this weekend you drive it better than me. I she can also drive a faster lap than you. Yeah. All right. Let, let's just get into it right now. <laughs> let's just get into it. There was a little bit of smack talking by dad saying, oh, I'm the better driver. Oh, I'm going to be dominant. They, Yeah, Dad said, oh, they're going to make a movie about me or I'm going to be, I'm going to do so good that NASCAR is going to be like, get this man a ride and then we're going to send him to Daytona and win the 500. He's gonna be and then the we're going to make a Papali. movie about him. He's I, gonna I, I'm not going to lie. I may have indulged in my dream of maybe doing a Disney movie where It'll be like this guy who's middle-aged. He's past what you think is his athletic prime, but he has that one opportunity and like the stars align. And you know what it was? It was like that movie Rookie of the Year, the kid that like broke his arm, but then all of a sudden could like pitch and and ended up, you know, making it to the Cubs and winning a World Series. Like I thought that was going to be my dream. I thought... I was going to get out there and these guys are going to be so impressed by the speed, the lap that I lay down that, you know, just maybe I may get a call and say, hey, we, we want you to come on back. But this time we're going to put you in one of our regular stock cars. Uh, and uh, I wasn't even the fastest lap of our family. That was mom. <laughs> well, first, let's tell like let's talk about the fact that um, the instructor said that when a student gets behind a car, the like average uh, uh, speed is it's th they drive between 130 and 150. That is really like the range of speed. And and explain part of the reason why it has to do with the safety. It has to do with the fact that they they limit the re the amount of uh, revs that you're right. You can't go above 50. And so I mean, 150, you can't go above 150. So that's like the max that you can go. And then people who are a little bit more nervous, I guess, and slower, like it's usually 130. I mean, obviously you can't I don't think you can drive below that because then you probably just that's too no, slow well, one, for the, the speedway. Will <laughs> It'll start. And, yeah. 
Yeah. So it's between 130 and 150. So uh, when we were done with the race, and you know what's so interesting? I didn't even realize that our speed was being met like taken. I really didn't. Yeah. Well, most NASCAR fans know that they actually, uh, the cars don't have a regular speedometer. It's, you know, the speed is it's measured digital one. through all their, yeah, well, but it's, it's it really the tachometer, which tells you um, how many RPMs, RPMs you're using. And based on the amount of RPMs, you can kind of, they kind of figure out about how fast you're going. And essentially when you're going around that track, they have a rev limited limiter on the, on the car that basically keeps it so that you don't over rev the engine, especially if you're not a professional driver. The more experience you have, the more time on the track, they will increase it lap by lap. And for the the time that we were on the track, your mother and I, uh, we had uh, we could get to a maximum of 5,000 RPMs. And basically what that means, to your point, we could get to a maximum of 150 miles an hour, but we have to work our way up to it. And if you didn't do it the right way, uh, you won't get the maximum speed. And so if you kept hitting that rev limiter and it actually will lower your speed and, and kind of slow the engine a little down, it you're not going to you get your max speed. So you you basically have to have the patience to 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 get your car as fast as you can within the context of 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 um, that rev limiter. And your mother was just better at it than I was. And she actually had the confidence to take it around. So, I mean, tell, tell our audience uh, what your, what your experience was like when you hit that turn one for the first time. So, like I said, it was the point of no return. I was, once I got on there, I'm like, well, I got to floor it and I have to go. Now I was worried about hitting, going too high on that RPMs because I didn't want to hit that rev um, thing. But it the was rev limiter. Yeah, the rev limiter. I, I kept waiting to hear that pra, 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 and I never did. And um, my spotter's name was Jimmy and he kept telling me, you know, to go faster and go faster. And all I kept thinking, I'm like, no, I can't go faster because I'm going to hit this, you know, rev uh, thing. And so like I kept going and going and he kept telling me to go faster and I kept going faster. And as I drove, as every lap that I drove, it just became like surreal to me because I was like, I am driving on the same track that our favorite and non-favorite drivers race on twice a year. Just three weeks ago, they were on this track yeah. racing. And, and here I we could, are. And I couldn't believe that I was in a stock car going around these turns, this banking, which by the way, guys, that is like the coolest part. Like the banking turns one, two, three, and four, like gunning it because it, it the spotter kept telling me to like go even faster when I went into those turns and you know naturally for those of us who drive our brain tells us when we're coming to a turn you slow down and yeah. he was just like faster faster you can go faster hit the throttle hit the throttle and finally I got to the point where I was like confident enough that because I also was afraid to hit the throttle because I'm like well all I need is for my car hit it and my car goes you yeah. know fishtailing smack into the wall and but it was such an exhilarating experience. It was so much fun. I want to do it again. And it Absolutely. was just, it was a thrill. And I am so grateful for this opportunity. I really am. Because as as Tony said, even though we're huge NASCAR fans, I don't think we ever really thought about it or talked about doing this experience. Yeah. And and now that we did it, I'm like, how do you ever think of that? How how can anybody who's a NASCAR fan or a, or a fan of, of motor vehicles not ever want to try this? It is spectacular. It is wonderful. I was able to get my tachometer up to 
almost 5,000 RPMs. And at the end of the uh, race, I was able to do my highest speed was 146.36. And mine was 145. I think 88. Yeah, 88. Yeah. Point is, I was slower than your mom. And I was surprised because I'm not going to lie. When I was watching you go around the track, I was like, oh, man, she's not going that fast. I was probably (laughs) flying by. Nope. Mom had a faster top speed than me. All right. So just enough about me and mom and our experience because you guys also got to experience it. What did you guys do? Honestly, we rode along, but even though we didn't drive, it was so much fun with the G's, the G-Force and everything. It was so amazing. And you guys got to go faster than we did. Yeah. Yeah. We actually got to drive in a modified car. I think these, the car that we rode in uh, was similar to the cars they ran back in 2015 and 2016. And it was really cool. The way you had to get into the car, because I thought because these are special racing experience cars, you're going to need to have like a door for people to get in easily. But I was wrong. You actually had to get in like the NASCAR drivers would. And all I'm going to say is, I don't mean to be that guy, but I think I did the best job of hopping in the car. Besides mom and dad, Sebastian and Yohan looked like they had a little trouble. I was getting in. I was good when we got out, all right? right. See, mine was the opposite. I did well getting in. Once I was going to get out, I felt like I weighed 300 pounds and I couldn't pull myself (laughs) out. Well, it was was really cool to see you guys get in there. Yohan, what did you think when you were going? How fast did you go? I would assume like I thought you guys I thought someone I think they told went me 170, 170. Oh, yeah. over 170. Yeah. Johan, what did you think? I loved it. It was it was always a dream to go around the Daytona International Speedway. And would you want to do other tracks? Yeah. And that's actually one of the cool things that we wanted to mention about this whole NASCAR racing experience is that it's actually at the top tracks in, in NASCAR. So you're talking Charlotte Motor Speedway, Talladega, Talladega, Las, Las Vegas, Vegas Texas. Texas. And I actually even read online, I think they were doing a, a, a test of doing, the, they're actually doing these experiences at the uh, Nashville track. Because we actually talked about that. Like, oh, we should do that. And we're like, ah, they, it's, that's a newer track. They're not going to do it. Nope, they're doing it. We could, you could sign <laughs> up for it there as well. That's awesome. So I think it is super cool. Uh, and it is definitely something that I would say you if you are remotely into motorsports you've got to come check this out if you're not ready to drive you can ride yeah so overall a very unique and amazing experience again huge thank you to the NASCAR racing experience for inviting us out to Daytona to try out the experience if you would like to try it um on your own you can look at your local track by going to nascarracingexperience.com Yeah. So again, awesome experience. And we're actually going to create a dedicated episode all about the experience where we go into more in-depth dialogue about our experience, actually showcasing what it was like to be there. We recorded some videos. So we're going to put that together and uh, roll that out later in the season uh, to, to, again, to demonstrate how cool it was to be at Daytona and actually get on the track. So... So there were some NASCAR news we need to talk about, guys. Big time news. The 2022 NASCAR Cup Series schedule was released. And 
And it w- it's again, I think NASCAR has done it again with another exciting round of, of, of tracks to be visiting in this coming year. Uh, so why don't we go through some of the highlights? Well, I think the first major highlight is the fact that the clash is going to be in California this year. And it's going to be at the Coliseum in L.A., which is that was built for the Olympics in 1984. And when I first heard that, I'm like, well, that's a really bad rumor. Like, how would they even like go race over there? That's crazy. I'm not going to lie. I thought the same thing. I thought it was a rumor. I think Johan had told us about it. And I'm like, that's not happening. Nope, it is. I find it kind of crazy that they're going to turn a stadium that was built for the Olympics and is used for the Rose Bowl and building it into a NASCAR track. Like something that doesn't click for me. Like, does anybody else think that's a little crazy? So you have to see it to believe it. Yeah, I got to see it to believe it because it's like, wow, that's like trying to turn a um, baseball field into a soccer stadium. And how how long did they say that track was going to be? Yeah, I was about it's, to ask, how what's the distance? Cause that it's gonna be the shortest NASCAR track, the shorter than Martinsville. I don't know the miles, but it's definitely shorter than Martinsville. Is it a quarter mile? Is it what? shorter than Bristol? Oh, so it's like Bristol. Around. I mean, think it's, about it. It's inside it's, it's, the well, shortest oh, track. It's a small stadium. It is. It's a small stadium. That's why I'm saying well, it's no, gonna well, be a super... oh, okay. timeout. It's actually a really big stadium. If I'm getting it correct, I think this one holds a hundred thousand people. It's huge. Oh. But I'm talking about in up. size compared to like speedways is what oh, I'm saying. Oh, of course. Yeah, it's not a half mile or two a half mile. I mean, it's a small. It is. It's going to be a small track. And remember, again, this is the clash. This isn't the full 40 car field. You're talking like 20 cars, maybe 25 cars. Maybe I even 10. It's usually like 18. Or five. Okay. so Five drivers. Because I actually thought about that. I was wondering. I'm thinking, what's it going to look like to see all these cars back to back to back? You couldn't do it 40 car field. Uh, but under 20 cars, I think it's cool. The other thing is it's either the week before or the week after. It's the Super two Bowl. weeks. So is it two, two weeks? weeks? Two weeks before the 500, a week before the Super Bowl. A week before the Super Bowl. So, And the Super Bowl this year is also going to be in Los Angeles. So yep. it's going to be a big way to start the season. But that wasn't all. There were some other highlights. Yeah, like they moved Coda forward. And then Homestead, the, the playoffs, I got to talk about talk about homestead is in the round of eight what do you guys think about that well first of all homestead's back as a playoff race yeah i'm I'm excited about that i think the last time it was a playoff race was 2018 or 19 19 so that's pretty cool and we've talked about this this is a special track for us you know we've gone had you know some really cool experiences there you each of you have seen your your favorite drivers win a championship by being down there. Uh, and and uh, it's also in the state of Florida. So it's a, a, a considered a local track for us. So I'm actually excited and happy to see it back with uh, an additional level of prominence that it's had. So to be a part of the late season playoffs, I think, is is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Some of our favorites like from this year, like Circuits of the Americas, Nashville, the Bristol Dirt Race, and the Indianapolis Road Course are going to be back next season. So, yeah, that's what I'm most excited about. I'm so glad that those tracks are coming, those races are coming back. And I really want to go to the Indy Road Course. And I, and like Kansas is usually in the round of eight. Nope. It's going to be in the round of 16. And another thing is that Atlanta is, um, 
is going through its renovation and it should have a new style of track when we um go when NASCAR goes there next season. So it'll be interesting to see how this Atlanta race differs from past Atlanta races. Yeah, it'll definitely be another season of changes and of exciting uh, tracks. So, yeah, we're looking forward to next season. Honestly, I'm liking this. I'm loving it. NASCAR, keep up the great work. Keep changing it up. Keep making it unique. I I love this. I love the difference in the season, and it's going to make it a lot more exciting. I couldn't agree more. I think one of you guys said in one of the interviews that we've done recently that one of the cool things about NASCAR is that if you wait a week or two, you get a completely different experience watching it as a fan, whether in person or on TV or listen to the radio. Uh, because you got short track racing, which is different style, different drivers tend to do well there. You have road course again, completely different style. You have the super speedway. Uh, and so I like the variety of the sport. I think it's cool. It's also cool that it's going to a lot of different places and maybe it hadn't been before. I think the other race that we might have forgotten to mention that is new was is the new race in St. Louis. Uh, that did, I don't know if you guys mentioned that, but no, that one's didn't. another one that is in the Midwest that's newer. Uh, oh, so yeah. I'm glad the that they Gateway. didn't sacrifice any of the other ones. Gateway is going to be the track. And so I think it's going to be the key. The, so truck series races on Gateway. And I saw a picture of, of like, I saw a picture of a track and then the Gateway Arch. So is that, I've never actually noticed, is that the same Gateway track? Or is that a new gateway track that's literally right in front of the gateway arch? Well, the, track the, gateway, the gateway arch probably has to do with St. Louis because that's one of the things people go to St. Louis for, right? Those, Yeah, yeah. That's actually something. Uh, yeah, I don't think the track is right in seen, front of it, it. No, it's not it. But it's, it's just it's because it's the icon. It's yeah, how St. Yeah, Louis, what it's known for. for they put it in the in the image. Yeah. Lots of races, both old and new. Can't wait to see what NASCAR does in 2022. Yeah, I was telling your mom we need to sit down as a family and figure out which ones we want to go to all uh, 36 I, well I, I i would love i would love to go to all 36 i would love to get in an rv or a schoolie drive around the country that would be our ultimate dream nascar camping world can something happen yeah that would be the ultimate dream for us i think that we would do that hands down but the reality is mom and i gotta continue to work and you three need to continue to being in school so we got to pick and choose which ones we're going to hit. And I think for me, top of the list, I definitely want to do Daytona. Yep, Daytona 500. Uh, I think I want to do Atlanta. I think that was one that I wanted because I want to see that new track surface. I think it'll be kind of cool. Fast track. Uh, and then I don't know. There's a bunch of other races. So Bristol Dark. Real quick, we'll go around. What track do you want to see? If you had to pick one, you got you to gotta just pick one that you want to see next year. I'm going to say I want to see um, Coda. I want to check out Coda in real life. That would be cool. Indy Road Course. Indy Road Course. Bristol Dirt. Ooh, Bristol Dirt. That's a good one. Honestly, I'd like to check out the LA Coliseum. You'd want to go to, you wanted to go to The Clash. I know you were talking about that yesterday as soon as, or the last couple of days, as soon as that news kind That'd of That'd be broke. fun. We could even go to Disneyland. Yeah, that open. would be a track. I mean- but again, remember uh, my West Coast trip that we were trying to make happen this year, but we ended up having to to move it and cancel it because of COVID and everything is to go to California, do the auto club, hang out in California, go to Disneyland, go to the sites and all of that, 
and then drive on to Vegas. I, I, I've just, I always wanted to do that. One day we'll make it happen. Maybe it's this year. I got to convince your mom. We'll see. We got a lot to talk about. So, uh, all right. I think that covers all the NASCAR news. The other thing I did want to kind of circle back to is the fact that uh, this is Hispanic Heritage Month. And we had a surprise yesterday. We kind of knew it was coming, but we didn't know when it was going to happen. But we were featured, right, Johan? Why don't you tell our audience about what you found yesterday? So I was just going on the NASCAR app and I was like, oh, look. Hey, mom, dad, we're on the NASCAR app. And they didn't even believe me. (laughs) And they're like, stop joking. I was like, no, but we're actually on. And they didn't even believe me. How how heartbreaking is that? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what? Yes, we we weren't sure. We knew that something was happening. It was just the crazy timing. And yes, we were like, whatever. And no, in fact, we had uh, the the feature that they had been working on uh, to talk about our family and the fact that we love NASCAR and, you know, we're a Hispanic family. And, you know, it one of the 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 most important things for Hispanic families is spending t- time together and experiencing life together. And so it, it helps reinforce that common bond and things that bring families together are like, you know, things like food, music, you know, dancing, all those kinds of things. And for us, it's NASCAR. And so we told that story in this feature and it's up on the NASCAR page uh, on their YouTube page. I think a friend sent me a, a Twitter link. So we're excited. That might mean that we may have new audiences coming into our podcast. So welcome. And uh, we're excited to have you along our family journey as we take you through our love of NASCAR. And for Hispanic Heritage Month, we are going to uh, talk a little bit more about it in future episodes. And hopefully we're working on getting an an interview set up. So I think that's going to wrap us up for this week. Again, we look forward to talking about Hispanic Heritage Month in a couple of uh, our future episodes this, this month. But with that, Giovanni, why don't you take us out? That's going to wrap up this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening on in. Consider subscribing, following our socials, and downloading our podcast episodes. Let's Go Racing Family, out.